We are joined right now by a former NFL safety. He played 10 years overall. He played four for the Texans. He played six for the Lions. He was a pro bowler and an all-pro in 2014. He led the league in interceptions in 2014 as well. He is the co-host of the Believe in Lions podcast. He is Glover Quinn. Glover, it's been a minute, but it's great to have you back on, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Good, dude, good. So let me ask you, as a former star player for the Lions, who is still repping the D hard, how hyped are you about this Lions team and for the opportunity they have this weekend in Santa Clara in the NFC title game? Man, this is uh, this is crazy, honestly. It's just super exciting to uh, to see what this team has, has done, uh, everything they've achieved and accomplished this year, and you know to be able to go out there and, and, and watch it live um, be there in this moment to take it in. I mean, it's just exciting. You know, it's a long time coming, and I'm just really happy for these guys, man. You know, I'm glad you brought that up that you were out there to see it live. Like, you were at Ford Field for both playoff wins, and I saw you try to capture some of that incredible vibe on social media. Like, you were a part of some big wins in that stadium, but did anything in your career come anywhere near how loud and electric that joint has been in this playoff run? Um. I mean, I can't really say that we've gotten anywhere close to that. I know we had um, 2016, I think we had a winner-take-all game against uh, Green Bay uh, the last game of the season. That one was a pretty big game in that moment. Um, but, I mean, the level that the stands are, the fans are right now, and, the, and the, you know, the environment that's in Ford Field right now, it's, it's, it's unmatched to what, you know, I've seen or been a part of. And so... It's just like I said, it's a lot of pent up energy, a lot of a lot of pent up cheers that um that's coming out right now and you know, the the guys are feeding off of it. Um it's just been a beautiful representation of the city. And I think it just shows that man, you know, you just stick with it, hard work eventually pays off. Sometimes it takes longer than others, but it eventually pays off and it's just, you know, great for the city, great for the community. And um, like I said, I'm just really happy for these guys. I agree with you. Glover Quinn's joining us. I agree with you. I think it's great for the community. It's great for the city. I think that's a great football town that's been waiting a long, long time. You know what's interesting to me? Like, we talk about the Patriot way. We talk about, I had Kyle Van Noy on yesterday. We talk about the Raven way. It seems to me like there is now becoming a Lion way, but it's a different sort of way, right? Can you get into this? Like, it's a super physical kind of way. Like, it's a really physical brand of football. It may not be for everybody but there's a certain way they go about doing it and the way they win. Is that the way you see it? And can you describe that and break that down? I mean, I think, you know, Dan Campbell has came in and and really put his stamp on this team. And Dan Campbell really represents the the city of Detroit, really, in in his whole demeanor, his work ethic, hard-nosed, gritty, blue-collar. That's the city of Detroit. You know, it's a bunch of hard-working people they just put their head down and just grind it out. And that's the type of team that he's built. And that's the type of culture that he's created. And I think when you play for the team like that, you're fighting for so much respect. You're fighting for so much uh, national respect. So you just kind of have that chip on your shoulder and you just go out and you just do things in a real Detroit type of way. And I think that's what the city is about. You know, the, the Detroit city doesn't get a lot of great reviews nationally and so to have this opportunity to showcase how great the city is how great this team has become 
and just continue to have that chip on your shoulder is is exactly what Dan Campbell is, exactly what this team is, and is exactly what the city is. Glover Queen joining us, breaking it down. So when you look at that matchup, as I mentioned, it's a tremendous opportunity. Now, San Francisco is a one seed and a one seed for a reason. What areas do you think the Lions can exploit against the Niners? Where do you give them advantage or the advantage over San Francisco? You know, at this point, I think it's just it's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be a tough game. I think you know the 49er team, their defense, they they've been great all uh, all year. You know, offensively they've been well. They have weapons all across the board. Um, I think the thing for the the Lions, they got to really play their game. They got to do what they've done to get here. They got to run the ball well. They got two incredible running backs in Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. They got to do that. Jared Goff has to continue to play exceptional in the playoffs. He hasn't turned the ball over yet making great throws, great reads, understanding what's going on. Amon Rossi Brown is going to have to do what he do. Um, Sam Laporte is going to have to do what he do. I think they're going to have to get maybe one or two big plays over the top to Jamison Williams to help open up some things underneath and penetrate that defense. And then offensively, I think, you know, if Debo Samuel doesn't play, that really, really, really slows down the 49ers offense. And, and I feel like that gives the, the Lions defense – you know, a little advantage over them. They got plenty of weapons as well. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, all these guys. They have guys, but Debo Samuel is really what makes that, that offense tick. So I'm really watching to see what his status is going to be. And if he can't go, I, I think that, that definitely boosts the lines a little bit more. And you beat me to it. I was going to ask you about that because we don't know about his status and we're not going to know about his status. But as many playmakers as they have, there's nobody like Debo Samuel. Like, how different is that offense without him? We saw them go 0-3 earlier in the year. Trent Williams obviously also was down. That hurts. But how different is that Niner offense without Debo? Uh, They're very different. You know, I think that just takes takes more eyes uh, off of him and on to other guys like a George Kittle and like a Christian McCaffrey. And I think, you know, when you look at a guy like Debo Samuels who can take a short pass and turn it into a long touchdown, you know, George Kittle is a is a very explosive tight end as well. But I think you're okay with George Kittle having seven or eight catches for 45 to 50 yards, maybe even 80 yards. I think you're okay with that if you can keep the big plays off of you from Christian McCaffrey and you can keep the big plays off of you from a Brandon Ayuk. And so I think they'll be okay with George Kittle having that type of day if they don't have to deal with Debo Samuel and we can slow down Christian McCaffrey. So adding Debo Samuels now, that opens up more things for George Kittle because your focus really has to be on Debo and all the different things they can do with him in the backfield, out wide, he's in the return game. He really opens up a lot. I mean, you look at the three-game losing streak that the 49ers had earlier in the season – Debo Samuels was absent for all of those games. So he really, really makes that offense go. I'm not surprised, dude, but you are on it. Glover Quinn joining us. You know, let me ask you about the running backs that you mentioned. Two really good running backs. I want to ask you about Jameer Gibbs. A lot of draft analysts thought that the team reached in taking him number 12 overall. Do those same analysts owe him an apology? And what has he meant to the offense? I mean, he, yeah, I mean, they definitely owe him apology, but at the end of the day, I, I, I saw him, and I saw him in Alabama. I liked his, I liked his style, I liked his game. And then when we drafted him, I was like, wow, that's a really, really, really good pick because you need guys like that. He's so dynamic in the run game, and he's dynamic in the passing game. And I think a lot of people get confused and think just because he's a fast guy, he's a quick guy, 
that he always has to be on the edge. You see the touchdown run he had against Tampa Bay. He's one cut downhill, he's on the safety, and he's outrunning him to the end zone. And so he has the size to be able to run between the tackles. He has the quickness. He has the burst. He has the agility to be able to put one foot in the ground, i.e. Arian Foster back in the days that can put that one foot in the ground and get north and south, and now he's making the move on your safety. So Jameer Gibbs has definitely uh, – been a bright spot in this in this offense. I know they've complained about him not getting enough touches or things like that. But I've said all along they've they've brought him along nicely. They've preserved his body. He he should feel really good right now. He hasn't got banged up all season, and I think he's in a spot right now to where he can really be you know an X factor in this offense. So, Clover, one last thought. I think Brad Holmes has done an amazing job of putting that roster together and doing so with some young players. What about rookie Brian Branch, who played your position? He's at safety. What do you make of the job he's done? He's done really, in my opinion, he's been great. What do you think, though? Man, he's been incredible since game one. I mean, he had the the pick six against Patrick Mahomes on opening day. He's been consistently good all year. You know, obviously you're going to have some games that are better than others, but he's been productive in almost every game that I've seen. He's played well. To be a safety and to be able to match up in the slot against some of these dynamic slot receivers, some of these big-time tight ends, and to be able to hold your own over the course of a season as a rookie is incredible, and I think – you know, he has a really, really bright future. He's a smart guy, loves football, loves to play the game. And those are the type of guys that Brad Holmes has. There, He has guys that love to play. They're young. They're hungry. They got a chip on their shoulder. And they're talented. They're very, very, very talented. I mean, this is a great class. I mean, like I say, you look at these guys. You got Jameer. You got Brian. You got Sam Laporte. You got Jack Campbell. Like, this is a great Great rookie class, and all those guys are contributing well for this team. And Brian Branch is right there at the top. It's amazing. It looks very sustainable, too. He led the league in interceptions in 2014. He was a Pro Bowler that year. He was an All-Pro that year. He's got a podcast, the Believe in Lions podcast. Glover Quinn, my guest. My man, you were always great to have on this show when you played. Great still as an analyst right now. Really appreciate you. Great to get caught up, and I hope we can do it again soon, man. Thanks so much. All right, man. Thank you guys for having me. Good talking to you, Glover. Always. That was so good. Love that. Great energy. Great analysis. That's just, that was a really good player who's a really good dude and really smart and locked in. Lions fan, do you feel better? Are you getting your run now? Now you can react to that. 